Today on Make Impact, we have Catherine Sando. Katie is the Chief Communications Officer at Lancaster County Solid Waste Management Authority, also known as Lixwama. Today, Katie is sharing her personal thoughts and passion on the importance of understanding and growing in our purpose, finding the why, and the interesting journey along the way. You're listening to Make Impact, a podcast about creative problem solving and the leaders who are changing their industries for the better. Here's your host, filmmaker and entrepreneur, Derek Diener. Thanks, Katie, for joining us um, on Make Impact Podcast. We're excited to talk to you today. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be chatting with the Make team. You all are awesome folks. So it's always a good time when we get together to, to converse. Yes, we always enjoy that too. I appreciate uh, our relationship with you and at Lixwama and all, of, all the great things we were able to do together the last couple of years. It's been great. We've had a lot of fun. We've taken you into a lot of stinky, dirty, <laughs> trashy places. Yeah. You can't say that about a lot of your clients. No, you can't. No, you can't. no it's, it has been fun. But I'll give a lot of kudos to the Make team for helping us visually tell the story of why trash is cool in many ways, why trash is important for us to care about, particularly in this community, and to tell the journey of really the complex story that a piece of trash takes if it goes through our system. And Mm -hmm. it's no small feat. I've been trying to do that for 10 years. So thanks for helping me and and my team along that journey. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. No, we've enjoyed it. We've enjoyed it. Um, We appreciate your thoughtfulness and what you guys do in the community as well. So it's definitely mutual. Cool. So jumping love in here, it's a love fest. yeah, I know some good love, uh, mutual <laughs> love going on right now. It's a good, good, a good environment right. to start a conversation, right? Um, that's right. That's right. Yeah. So let's just start with a couple, a couple uh, rapid fire questions, um, and uh, we'll just go through just a couple. So, where are you originally from? So I, I paused for a second because I was totally going to make you guess because I didn't know if you knew that. So um, I'm a Midwest girl. I am from Kansas City. And before you ask, there is a Kansas City, Kansas and a Kansas City, Missouri. But if when for those of us from that area, it is one metropolitan area. And I'm from a suburb called Overland Park. So like what King of Prussia is to Center City, Philly, I'm from a place called Overland Park. And that's its relationship to Kansas City. Okay, great. And uh, random, another random rapid fire question. What is your favorite hobby? Running. Running. Good. And what is an interesting... I know. Some people like, is that the most torturous thing? I thought <laughs> yeah, it was your favorite hobby. I know. I know. <laughs> all right. All right. So, fine. I'll give you this. Running and then eating tacos. Okay. Okay. That might be more fun for some. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. You know, I, I was uh, at a park... Um, couple years ago in LA and there was this crazy hill like I mean it was insane at the top of this hill and there was this biker there and he's biking up and I was like how I just talked to him for a second he was taking a break I said how did you do this like why do you why do you want to go up this insane hill biking and he just said to me he said I I love to eat cake you know I love to eat cake so that's why I do it that's why I do it so I was like that's well played fair fair. yeah fair 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 point um (laughs) So, okay, so what's an interesting fact that not a lot of people know about you? That I, that I run and I like to eat tacos. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What is an interesting 
fact that not a lot of people know about me. Oh, typically people are surprised when they learn that I paint. It, I'm not I'm not good at it. I mean, I'm not I'm not that great at it. Um, certainly no one's going to buy my artwork, but and I don't have enough time for it. But it's one thing that I find a lot of joy when there's time to express myself through putting paint on canvas. Awesome. I love to hear that. That's great. I think when we did a, a shoot in your house, we saw some of the artwork that you're working on. I, pre, I, yes. I remember. And, right. um, the latest version is my husband and I did one together for our 17 year wedding anniversary. We thought it would be, well, I thought it would be fun for us to do a painting together. And, and it turned out really awesome. It's this, it's a geometric, very technical uh, painting where he did a lot of the um, lines and what have you. The funny part about this is it further confirms that we could never work together ever. <laughs> that's funny. That's pretty good. That's yeah. that's a great exercise, I think, for couples to 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 do. Maybe maybe that's not. Right. I don't know. I don't know. That'd be interesting right. for us. So. Before before you open a business together, you decide to go into a venture together. Yeah. Do a painting. And if you can survive that, um, that'll give you some insight into your professional working relationship. So <laughs> that's good. That's that's a, yeah. that should be in some. That has to be in a marriage book somewhere, I would think, right? But <laughs> right. if it's if it isn't, exactly. it is now, I guess. But good. Well, that's that's the rapid fire questions. Thanks. We got to know you a little bit better. I I now understand sure. better about your taco love. So that's good to know. <laughs> Um, I really do. I uh, we stock taco trucks too, by the way. Oh, that's cool. yeah, nice. No, I I mm -hmm. love it too. Yeah. Um, okay, so jumping in here, um, how did you find yourself, Alexwama, and within the role that you have? Good question. As with most things in my life, at least they have been a journey. So when I was in previously the field of nonprofit PR communications, and then in the field of advertising marketing, and loved the creativity, the expression, the project variety in advertising and marketing, but really had a passion and a desire what goes back to my why. And how do I continue to refine myself and grow and give back to the community? And I didn't know what that looked like. I just knew that that was a harder passion of mine. That was part of my why. Although, I don't want to pretend I was that articulate at the time that I knew that that was my why. I just felt this deep sense of, of I need to do something more and purposeful with my life. So began that journey. And, and part of it I knew was I wanted to go back to school, go back to graduate school. And so I needed some time and space for that. And then I had this variety background of some nonprofit, PR, communications, marketing. What could I do with it? And so in my job search, um, I came across an organization that was called Lancaster County Solid Waste Management Authority, and they were hiring a communications manager. And the job description, great, I have all this capacity, abilities, proficiencies, it looks like an excellent match. I don't know what a waste authority is. Um, and it was shortly after, well, right in the midst of the Great Recession. And so I was looking for financial stability. So, you know, I first explored the organization's finances, right? And then I, I just got really intrigued as to what this organization was doing with trash. And so I decided to apply and had a wonderful interview, got really excited, didn't know what I was getting myself into. I just knew this is an organization 
that was going to expose me to a field I had never thought of before. I just put my trash at the curb and it magically went away. And this was going to be a, a discovery of what happens to it. And that this organization was fulfilling a really critical need for our society, protecting public health and the environment. And I said, that just sounds like it. Let's lean into it. So I did. And that was, it's been about 10 years. So I leaned into that about 10 years ago. And over the course of my time at Lixwama, that's what we call it, the acronym, L-C-S-W-M-A, and no, every single person says it differently, so there's no right or wrong way to say it. It's just however it's going to roll off your tongue. But at my journey at Lixwama, it has been a time of personal growth and discovery, uh, really exercising some of my different intellectual, creative PR muscles. Um, been involved in a lot of fun, hard projects, serving the community in a lot of ways. And so my role has evolved into what I do now. And um, that's serving on our executive team and working in the spaces of public education and outreach and, and communications, as well as in our capital projects. So working with our, our engineers and our project managers. So that is a very truncated summary of a 10-year evolution. But to answer your question, Derek, I went in having no idea what I was going to get myself into other than I knew that there was something special about working for an organization that serves your community in a way that looks to protect people in the environment. And boy, it has been a lot of fun. A lot of you have probably heard of Audible.com. I've used Audible for the past seven years. I've read over 80 books. I actually learned from a friend if I've been listening to books 30% faster. So I do the, use the 1.3 times faster and it's just a way to kind of get books faster with my efficiency brain. But it, it helps me, you know, it's amazing. I, I love to stay connected, informed uh, and inspired by audible.com. So you can sign up for your free 30-day trial of Audible Premium Plus at audibletrial.com slash impact. That's audibletrial.com slash impact. I've been listening. That's a great, a great story. And I think back to when, you know, 10 years ago, you think that you might have that foresight or like you, you kind of, as you grow, get older, you understand your why a bit more. And there's like threads of it when you're younger, right? Like you kind of feel, oh, I kind of knew this direction, but it's not as clear as what it is today. And I look back, I'm thankful for some of the the little decisions that I made that ended up leading me to where I'm at today, which is kind of a crazy thing sometimes looking back, right? It is. And I don't, you know, I don't want to pretend to anyone that I had this great vision about what my why was. And in fact, it's still evolving. It's still understanding and refining as you meet more people and, and, and have more experiences and learn more things about yourself. But what I'll, what I'll draw upon that experience is and I, and I don't regret any pathway that my life has taken because it, it helps define me who I am now. Yeah, of course, yeah. But I often wonder if you, if you had clarity around your purpose earlier in life, right? Would it have taken you down another journey? And yet the paradox to that is you're here now with this purpose because of the things that you've gone yeah. through. So, and, and I do wonder how many people in life have spent any time reflecting upon what their purpose is, what their why is, and particularly in a season where we're dealing with 
pandemics and a lot of civil unrest and just unease throughout our culture, having a deep sense of why you're here on earth helps guide your decision making, helps yeah. you be more resilient, yeah. helps give deep meaning to your life, even as, you, even yeah, as you're experiencing true. some traumas and, and difficult situations. So I'm still on that journey to learn and discover my why. I think I know what it is and I've been working on it, but um, I don't know that we ever truly come to fruition or fulfillment as to what that is. No, that's good. No, that's true. That's very true. I loved all that. What, if you don't want me asking, what, what would you say your why is then? Sure. So I would say my why, and, and for your visuals, if you want, I, see, I even have it on a poster. Yeah, I love it. I love it. So I'm not making it up. And, <laughs> I love it. Um, to inspire others to be their best selves so we can all make the world a better place. So, in, and I try to live that out in my spiritual life, in my vocational life at Lixlama, in my philanthropic life, and just personally as I conduct myself. How can I be one that truly inspires others to be the best version of themselves? And that can be micro moments, like encouraging and being, list, being a listening ear, supporting, lifting others up as I, as I go. And it can be macro, right? Being involved in nonprofit organizations, in causes. I teach part-time at Penn State Harrisburg. Okay. I teach yeah. critical media literacy to undergrad students and helping them discover their strengths about themselves, but ways that they can utilize those that try to make the world a better place. So. I love that. So what would you say, what do you say to uh, college students and, you know, younger people listening that say, I want to discover what my why is. Like I'm trying to, I'm trying to find that. And I think I love that idea where it's like the discovery of that or the not knowing when you're younger is kind of what leads you to the knowing potentially, but yeah. having, having, having a little bit more of a broader framework than today or this year, but like a 10 or 20 year idea of where you're going. Um, but what, what would you say to younger people that are trying to find that out? So first I'll say I have yet to have a college student ask me how to help find their why. <laughs> um, and I think part of, and I think, and, and, and to be fair, I think part of that's due, they're just becoming adults. Course, undergrad, yeah. typical undergraduate students, they're still learning and formulating, you know, their prefrontal cortex is not yes. fully developed yet. Yes. And so they're still discovering, right? But part of it is encouraging them to start thinking about that. And so I do facilitate workshops and different groups around discovering your why, particularly when it comes to being a leader, whether you're going mm -hmm. to be a leader that we traditionally think of, whether it's an organization or a servant leader, right, and serving our community. And so the answer to both of those groups is I, I typically say, think of it, if you've never thought about this before, two exercises are really helpful to begin that journey of discovery. Okay. The first one's a bit morbid, but it's very impactful. I didn't come up with it. Um, oh, now I'm blanking on who did. Oh, um, Covey. Um, oh, Stephen Covey. Franklin Covey. Stephen Covey. Stephen Covey. Yeah, Thank you. Yeah. I'm having those um, <laughs> laps of names moments. Yeah, so he actually is the one who, he's the actually, it's much more in depth, but this was his idea. Um, they call, I mean, I call it the legacy exercise. So if you were to look back on your life, 
what would you want your legacy to be? And so the way Franklin Covey talks you through this exercise, I'm giving you the truncated version, mm-hmm. is you close your eyes and you imagine that you are attending a memorial service mm-hmm. and the room is packed, right? There are people here to pay their respects, but honor and celebrate this person who has made yeah. such a difference. And so you sit yourself in the audience and there are three or four people who get up to share about the impact. And it's typically a loved one of that person. So a spouse, a partner, a family member, Mm -hmm. a good friend, a best friend or someone who's known them, a colleague and a stranger or someone who has um, out of nowhere met this person and their life was transformed, right? And these four people get up, what would you want? And, and what, who they're talking about is yourself. And so as you reflect on that, what would make you so proud to hear them say about you? That's speaking to what you would want your legacy to be. So it's showing you personally what you value yeah. and what is important. And, um, and, and what are some, yeah. The second exercise is what are your gifts? How should you invest your gifts, time, and talents, and experience? And we can sometimes get too, at least I do, too much in my head around what I think I'm good at or not. And so the way you do this exercise is you talk to two to three people who know you very well, but who will be honest and transparent with you. And you ask them the question, when have you seen me at my best? Mm. And it's, and you don't give them any context. It's not when you've seen me best at work or best here. When have you seen me at my best? And it's incredibly revealing oh. as to what people will share. Because you think yeah. you know when I've been at my best. Yeah. But, but what they're telling you is when you have made the most difference or when they have experienced you at your best. And sometimes it's things that you do, but mm-hmm. oftentimes what that reveals is your what, how you, how you are and who you are as a brand, that's what they're experiencing. And so those things collectively begin to take you down this journey of what your purpose is. And one very interesting, I don't know if you're familiar with Wes Moore. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's, uh, oh yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So he has a wonderful podcast. I mean, um, a wonderful presentation that he did on a podcast where he talks about the difference between your, your job and your life's work. And mm. too often as a Western culture, we tie our identities to the things that we do for work to make a living our vocation. Yeah. And, and he, he talks about the difference between uh, your job and your life's work. And they can be the same. Sometimes people find a vocation where they can fulfill their life's work. But most of the time, people live out their life's work um, in a variety of spaces, and one can be through your job. I've heard a couple of those things, but I like the way you framed it with just those simple questions, asking people. And so many times, we, like you said, we get in our own heads, and we're so concerned about, you know, it's, it's such a simple yet uh, crazy thing that all this battle is up here for our lives, you know, every day. It's like, well, where else would it be? But yet it's also like we have so much power to change and control uh, the things that we do on a regular basis, which is, which is amazing. Yes. 
And for your listeners, if they haven't, a great book, you can get it, um, hard copy, audio book, but there's also a TED Talk, is Simon Sinek's Start With Why. And now he talks about it primarily from an organizational perspective, but I think it's interesting where and what made me think of it is when you said so much of it is in our head, right? And I would argue that our why is so much in our heart. Mm -hmm. We have a very difficult time trying to articulate it with language. And so this is where people can get caught up in, um, I know my, I think I know my why if they really reflect on it, but going through those exercises helps you to begin to articulate in words what is very difficult that resides in your, you know, limbic brain, like in your heart. Yeah, so. yeah no, that's good. I, I love that book too. I definitely have to mention that if we're yeah. talking a lot about why, like knowing your why it's and, and starting with why. Um, and good, I'll, well, I'll mention one more really, oh, I'm sorry, I'll mention one more. Yeah, really no, that's quick, good. Is, um, Emily Estefani Smith. Okay. She wrote a book called The Power of Meaning and talks about the difference between leaving, living a happy life and a meaningful life. And so often the things that we do, particularly vocationally, are to financially position ourselves so that we can have happy moments. And Mm. she doesn't disregard the happy moments, but the happy moments are not what gives you a deep sense of meaning. And particularly we're talking about a time when there's so much darkness around us and so much trauma and unease in various stages that people are experiencing. Um, Knowing your why and living that out in a meaningful way can help you navigate through those dark times. So um, Simon Sinek is great from a more practical, pragmatic standpoint of business. Um, Emily Estefani Smith, similar topics, but she goes down a very different path. So two interesting resources. Yeah, I haven't read her book. I have to read that. It sounds really interesting. I love the varying perspectives. And it's not, you know, there, there are certain books, of course, that are, you know, similar feels than others, but they're just maybe different packaging or whatever you want to say that in leadership. But then you find some books that just really stand out, like this is a different way of doing things and it really just is refreshing. Well, and I think you would have a very interesting take on it because when she talks about the power of meaning and the four pillars, one is purpose and there's connection, but one is um, t- storytelling. Hmm. How, to sell, how to tell your own personal narrative like and how oftentimes we allow others to define who we are through how they tell our stories and the power that is when you take charge of um, telling your own story. And every time you talk to someone about yourself, you are a personal narrative. And even in the most negative situations, how you can reframe and the power that it gives you individually to do that is incredibly impactful. And so rather than this happened to me and this is negative, I've experienced these things and here's what I've learned from them and here's who I have become through them. Yeah. So that's good. That's really good. I'll I'll definitely uh, have to read that. Um, So, I mean, a question I have, I mean, there's so many, so many amazing um, things that you've said that I'd love to dive into, but just with time and things, I, and thinking about what you're doing at Lixwama and all the things that you do with the community. But I'd like to kind of follow up what we're just talking about with this question where it's like, there's so many times that um, in life we have these kind of, we're on a great journey, we're um, kind of a good understanding of where we're going, we're excited about the future, and then all of a sudden pandemic hits in the middle of this whole thing, and yeah. you're just kind of derailed. So how has this, how, is the, how has 2020 affected you personally, and how have you kind of 
you know, kept your head in the game with where you're going and kind of, you know, focused on what you need to do today, but also long-term thinking? I mean, how do you wrap your head around everything that's happened this year? Not an easy question. (laughs) Oh, it's a deep one that has so many layers. And, and Derek, you know me that I'm going to start down a path and then you're going to have to rein me in right based on time. <laughs> it's okay. So it's okay. you asked, you asked me a deep question and here, here's how you're going to, here's how you're going to yeah. get it. So, so 2020, there's so many fun memes about it, right? That try to make, try to, to bring some lightness to a very challenging time. Here's how I will describe my view of 2020, even in the midst of it, and this is personally. There is a wonderful quote, and shame on me that I cannot recall who said it, so I'm, I'm prefacing that so that no one thinks this is the brilliance of me, but rather I am, I am repeating the brilliance of another. Great things don't come from comfort zones. Mm. So 2020 for me has been and continues to be a rich season of discomfort and growth. And, so, and for me, I go at 100 miles a minute. Uh, my husband says I never like to sit still. I'm either, I'm either running around doing something or I'm passed out on the couch. Yeah, yeah. So in many ways, <laughs> Right, one feed. In many ways, 2020 has caused me, if not literally, metaphorically, spiritually, to sit in my own discomfort for a time. And there are so many different things that feed into that. Whether you're talking about a pandemic and and civil unrest, a, a season where we have a an election coming up there are so many things that have made conversations uncomfortable that have made trying to predict the future incredibly uncomfortable um that have made just navigating daily life uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and you have a personal choice to make when you are faced with challenge you can ask yourself, why is this happening to me? And we can say, why is this happening to Lancaster County? Why is this happening to the United States? Why is this happening to the world? Why is, personally, and it's not just a pandemic. I mean, there are still things that people are trying to navigate through. Health issues and loss of loved ones and financial um, problems. And, and so for me, in experiencing so many things, why is this happening? Or what can I learn from it? And more importantly, and this is where why having your purpose and knowing your why, how through these can I continue to lift others up to help make this world a better place? So no matter what happens to me, if I am pointing to that purpose and I am allowing myself to think and act and be in that space, then I truly believe that I can weather whatever it is that happens because I know why I'm here. Yeah. So I think that was a very long, I don't know if I answered it, Derek. No, I, answer I, it? I totally, I think you answered it. I love, I love okay. the answer. Yeah. I think it, okay. it's very true. If we want to grow, um, we have to experience 
something to help push us sometimes to grow. And this is a hard time. And you're right. You can, you have to kind of make that decision that you're not going to, first of all, you, you have to think about the question, like you said, why, and you have to make a decision whether or not you're going to let that affect you in a positive or negative way, you know? And I think all those things you just said are really good. I love that quote. I haven't heard that, but I love that quote about, uh, you said growth and discomfort. Is that what you know, Yeah. So it's, so the quote is great things don't come from comfort zones. Yeah. And what that means is that com- there's nothing wrong with comfort zones. Yeah. We need to have a, we need to have a year or a season or a period of time where you can rest and you can find restoration and you can find some joy and some lightness. And so comfort zones aren't bad. But staying in, you don't grow in the comfort zone because you're you're maintaining. Yeah. It's like homeostasis, right? Yeah. Um, and either you you either intentionally pull yourself out of a comfort zone, or something external to you has forced you. And are you going to try to get back into that comfort zone, or are you going to sit in your own discomfort for a bit and understand how you can grow and evolve and be better from it? And so in many ways in my personal life and in so many different spaces, and I don't want to speak too big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not going to air all my dirty laundry. But no, what yeah. I tell you, uh, you're right. Yeah. This is a podcast like Katie, Katie airs her dirty laundry. I know, exactly. Right? Um, <laughs> Tune in. Yeah. Maybe that's, maybe that's right? like a better, a, a better story for us to tell. No, sure. I know, it would be very seedy. Yeah, yeah. Um, but what, what I mean by that is personally, I am, I am in a season of incredible discomfort mm-hmm. and in, in many spaces of my life. And so right now I'm sitting in that and I'm trying to patiently allow it to permeate me yeah. Yeah. to understand how me will evolve and not to be self-centered, but how I can be better, do better so that I can inspire others so that I can help make the world a, de- a better place and be part of that. If I allow myself to wallow in it, then you become so self-serving, you're trying to yeah. protect yourself, which is instinctive, right? But this is about higher level thinking. Yeah. So, so Alexwama, you know, of course, you've also been affected by what's happening in, in 2020. Kind of tell me a little bit about uh, what has in, how this has impacted you guys. Thanks for asking the question because honestly, I think most people assume that trash continues, right? And in many ways it does. So as we face a pandemic, we are, we being like Swama, but also I'm speaking about the larger waste industry, we're considered an essential service to public health, to protecting public health. So our business must continue. However, when you have such huge disruptions in our economy, Trash tends to follow that trend along with that. So we have seen a a real sharp drop in the tons that we receive. And I'll give you a little bit of flavor. Interestingly, on the residential side, so you at home, people are producing actually more trash because they're eating at home, they're ordering stuff online, you know, they're they're quarantined at home. Yeah. Um, So we've seen around on the residential side, maybe 25 to 35% increase in tons. Okay. But restaurants are closed or for the most part retail has been mostly closed all of the what we call leisure and entertainment and service sector Mm. that just plummeted because things are closed of course construction demolition waste had dropped significantly because unless 
there were certain parameters, most new construction, remodeling, demolition was closed. Yeah. So that has been a challenge for Lexwama to navigate in to continue to serve and maintain operations while also protecting our people, keep them safe, keep customers who are coming in safe, uh, and to navigate a financial situation where it's really tough when you don't have you don't have the tons, you don't have revenue coming in. And so our staff, we've risen to the challenge. I don't think we have it all figured out yet, right? But um, that's part of the journey before us. So when I talk to people, that surprises them because I think trash is something that you forget about. Again, you put it at the curb, you, it's been picked up all through the pandemic and it's been yeah. taken away. Yeah. Um, but, we, but, but we as an industry are, are just as impacted um, as others that people might be surprised to hear. So thanks for the question. Yeah, no, definitely surprising. I, I wouldn't have guessed. I, now that you explain it, though, it makes a lot of sense because it's shifted. But the 35% increase residentially doesn't make up for the decrease everywhere else, I'm sure. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, okay, well, to wrap it up, thanks. I mean, all your insights were super helpful. I think uh, I've learned some things. Hopefully our listeners did, too. Um, but I'm just curious, um, what are you listening to or reading right now that you think others would be inspired by? Oh, my goodness. What am I... I have so many. I'm I know, looking to na- like I have so narrow many. It down. I have I have so many. Um, well, so here's my challenge. I, I don't know that it would all be that interesting to your listeners, but <laughs> here's one thing. So I'm actually reading um, quite a bit of material around critical media literacy. So this is a course that I teach mm. in the fall um, to college students, but the and, and I say this in context of not just academia but life and and the relationship that majority a lot of people are getting their news and information from social media mm-hmm. and and the the incredible influence of these platforms on how they shape our individual and our social thinking and so my challenge to your listeners is have they ever stopped to think about the influence that social media and media in general has had on the way that they think and perceive of the world and not like, Oh, sure. I use social media to share my pictures of quarantine baking or, you know, connecting with friends, but truly how you allow and absorb these different media influences to shape how you perceive others individually as groups and even as a culture. And I think in a season where we're we're navigating through a lot of cultural challenges, taking some time to reflect on that uh, is such an interesting journey. And Mm -hmm. one fun way to do it is to take a look at your screen time and how much are you spending on social media, on email, on YouTube, on the internet, and and reflect on how much of that is is shaping who you are and how you engage with the world. That's a very generic response, um, but I don't know that people because right now what I'm actually reading are a couple of textbooks. Which I don't <laughs> yeah. think people would be interested in. <laughs> no, but I think the I think the concept of what you're sharing is very intriguing, and I think that. Uh, if, the, if if we would all kind of look at that 
um, closely, we would be um, probably shocked by how much we're, we're receiving from that world, you know? So, good. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you, Katie, for your time. I really appreciate all the insights you have and um, for all that you're doing at Luxwama and in the Lancaster community. Really appreciate it. And uh, thank you. Thanks for having me. I hope, um, I hope that all of your listeners are moved through the rest of their day and their week and the months ahead with a sense of purpose and reflection and that they continue to tune in to make podcasts where there's going to be some really interesting content. So that's my challenge to them. Come back and listen. Great. Well, thank you and uh, have an awesome day. Thanks. Thanks. You too. Thanks for listening to this episode of Make Impact. Follow our journey on Instagram at Make Impact Podcast. Make Impact is hosted by Derek Diener, written by Letitia Kreider, and produced by Letitia Kreider and Grace Wagner. Aaron Diener and Seth Bortner edit the episodes, and Lisbeth Byler is our marketing manager. Make Impact is brought to you by Make Films, a team of filmmakers producing meaningful content to inspire and motivate. Learn more at makefilms.cc. Until next time, be kind to one another and make an impact.